All right. Well, good morning. We're so glad you guys are with us today. Man, there's a lot of people at the fair today, isn't there? All right. So I just looked up. Speaking of the fair, uh, someone just gave me four free tickets with parking. Is anybody planning on going to the fair and having bought their tickets? Going once, going twice. You want? Are you going to the fair? I might. You, you might. I got four free tickets with part. If somebody wants to see me afterwards, I can get you a ticket if you want to go to the fair today. The fair is the best people watching in the world. And so if you're like me, you should go to the fair. So, all right. So a couple of announcements before we get started. If you're new, we're so glad you guys are here. If you're watching online, which I'm assuming there's a lot of people watching online because you're not here. So uh, so we are uh, so glad you guys are watching as well. If you're new, make sure to talk about the Welcome Center. We have a gift for you for coming uh, just for this week, even if we never see you again. We're glad you're here with us this week. A uh, couple of announcements. Uh, next Sunday is, uh, is next week. Is that Labor Day? I'll get them so mixed up. Does anybody else? So Labor Day is next week. And so um, and so Labor Day, we are all having one service at 1030. Um, and so if you come at 1120, you will be about the end of the service. And so that might be a good strategy, though. So uh, so 1030 next week, we have hot dogs and smoked sausages we're going to make afterwards. That's just a thank you for coming. Uh, and so just make sure and stop by. There's a cookie dough truck on the way out for your kids or yourself if you want. Uh, and make sure and grab that as well. Uh, last week, we talked about small groups. Uh, Sign-ups are now live, so if you want to be a part of a small group, uh, we'll be talking about those in the next couple weeks as well. So if you want to be a part of that, you can download the app. The app is the best way to stay connected to everything going on, find out all the information. We talk about this every week, and so make sure and do that. We have Fall Fest coming up, which is our huge kind of fall festival we offer the city of Shepherdsville on September 30th. There's food trucks, inflates, vendors. Uh, We take over our parking lot. We take over the park. Um, And so last year we had around 3,000 as people show up. And so we want to make sure that you know about that as well and come. It's a free event, uh, but we'd love to see you on September 30th for that event as well. Now, we are in the second week of this Connect Four series, and I don't know about you guys, um, and some of you are probably better people than I am, so you've probably been doing this for a while, but um, I have been finding myself recently really looking for and like craving like feel-good stories. You guys know what I'm talking about, like the stories of like people doing things for other people and sacrificing for other people. Um, And I think the reason that I've been so desperate for these, and some of you guys, like, you know, this is part of your life. Like, we made fun of April real hard on our podcast about her Hallmark movies. Um, But, like, those are all, like, feel-good movies where it always ends well and everybody ends up together and happy and all that stuff. Um, I've been looking for those type of stories. I think part of the reason I've been looking for that um, is because when I get on my news app every morning or I get on Twitter um, or sometimes social media, um, it's really hard right now. Um, there's just so much stuff going on. It's really difficult. And the thing is, is you see those things and you know, like even the hurricane coming in today, all the stuff going on in Afghanistan, COVID, all the political stuff. I mean, this is affecting people's lives and, and, and people are going to be affected by all this stuff. And so we see all this stuff on the news and then we see people respond to this type of stuff. And there's just so much negativity. And so it's like we crave these stories of people that are choosing to be selfless and doing things for other people. There was a podcast that I've been listening to. Uh, It's actually ended now, but you still go on and listen to it. Um, And it's The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Now, most of you guys may not know what Mars Hill is or know who Mark Driscoll is. So if you want to know who Mark Driscoll is, just imagine me and the exact opposite. All right? There's, There's this guy. And so this was this huge church, and there was a big scandal that happened, and all this stuff that happened. And essentially in this story, and it's a podcast, it's kind of like a true crime podcast meets church history, 
Um, it's just this interesting insider story as to what happened. Now, if you've been paying attention over the last couple years, um, this is not an isolated incident. This is happening over and over again in churches. And it's not just churches that we have these leaders and these people of prominence that are, are becoming you know, isolated and self-centered and choosing to do things that hurt themselves or hurt other people. I mean, this is kind of our national landscape. We see this in celebrities. We see this often in politicians. We see, see this in, some of you see it in your workplaces, people that kind of climb the ladder and then kind of become inwardly focused and selfish in some ways and choices they make. And it got me thinking, you know, like we live in this world that's chaotic. We live in this world where there's a lot of confusion of what the right thing to do is, the wrong thing to do. And then we hear these stories of people who have the power, who have the prominence, who have the influence, who have the resources, who have the authority. And why is it we see story after story of people like this and they just go off the rails? And they choose to become inwardly focused with their position. They choose to to make choices that, that only benefit them and in the end end up costing them because they make selfish choices. They make choices that hurt other people. And I think what is frustrating sometimes, too, is for some of us in this room is we kind of have this image that like, hey, if I had that type of autonomy, if I had that type of power, if I had that type of wealth or that type of influence, you know, and that's what we strive for sometimes is then I would be a better person, right? And if I had this influence, if I had these things, then I would be a better person. And yet we see story after story of these people that have this, and yet they only leverage it for themselves And they make wrong choices and selfish choices, and it ends up costing them. Now, it's easy to pick on celebrities. It's easy to pick on kind of celebrity pastors. It's easy to pick on the powerful, the influential. It's easy to pick on politicians sometimes. Um, But let's just be honest. It's all of us, right? It's all of us that, that sometimes in our life we use what we've been given only to benefit ourselves, And what happens is it's just kind of this human nature thing. I mean, the selfish thing that comes out of us where we say things and we do things that don't benefit anybody else but us, that don't have any type of um, influence in the good, it only is for us. I mean, why do we tend to go this way sometimes? I mean, let's talk about the human nature that we find ourselves in, especially the selfish side of it. So, um, for example, and you would think stuff like this would end after high school, um, but it doesn't, right? But, like, where does bullying come from, right? Ever been bullied? If you're not shaking your head, you probably were the bully, right? Okay. Um, This idea of I'm bigger than you, I'm more powerful than you. I mean, obviously there's a lot of psychology behind that it's actually... Sometimes they have these deep-seated things they're trying to work through. But, but where does that come from? This idea that I'm, I'm going to force people to do things because I feel like I'm bigger or, more strong, or stronger than you or more powerful than you. Like, where does that come from? Why do we do that to each other? Or, or, or like, obviously, in the last couple of years in the news stories, and there's been some heartbreaking stories, and, I mean, stories of, like, sexual harassment in the workplace and um, even in politics and things like this. I mean, this idea that, that we can exploit people. And we can feel like we can control people. I mean, where, where does that come from, right? Or some people that, that we know that just have this, like, arrogance, that they're just dismissive of everybody else. I mean, where, where does arrogance come from, that idea? Or, or, or maybe, like, how about this? Where, where about greed, right? I know none of you all are greedy. I get it, okay? But where does greed come from? I mean, what is it that when we get privilege or power or influence or authority or whatever word you want to put in there, 
Why is it it generally doesn't make people better? It often makes people worse. Now, like I said, it's easy to talk about others, but what I'm learning is is before I'm going to critique someone else, what I often need to do is look inward and ask questions of myself. And I hope that you do the same thing. I I mean, so let me just say it this way. Um, How come it is for me, and I can't speak of you, that when I'm tempted, I'm never tempted to be selfless? Does that make sense? I'm always tempted to be selfish, right? How come I'm never tempted to be overly generous? Anybody ever been tempted to be overly generous, right? No, there's like a line, like, I'll be this generous, but then that's about as far as I can go. And, and what is that about us, that we're never, tempted to do, we're never overly tempted to do the right thing, right? It's always the opposite of that. Like, where does that come from? Or how about this, you know, and this is the thing, and I get it, it's a cultural thing, but, but even when we do choose to be generous and selfless, right, there's even this other thing that's come up where, like, we have to post about it so that everybody knows how generous we just were, right? You guys ever done that? Okay. Um, you know, if you do something good and it's not on social media, did it even happen, right? Isn't that the world that we live in? Now, when I look at this, one of the things I've noticed is that... Um, the more successful, the older I become in life, the more opportunity I have in life, why is it my temptation is not to be selfless, but always to be more selfish? Now, I get, you know, where we are culturally, and this is an important thing, kind of a shift in thinking, but, but doesn't it seem like we're in a day and age where nobody actually listens? Everybody's just waiting for their turn to talk. And so everybody has to have their voice heard and make their point and, and that type of thing. And, and I get it. Our culture has somewhat conditioned us for this. We, we don't know where it came from. It just kind of started happening. Or, or maybe some of us, you grew up in environments that conditioned you to think like that. It doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks as long as my voice gets heard, right? And I understand the hypocrisy. Some of you look at me because I'm wearing a microphone so you can all hear my voice really clear right now. I, I get it, okay? But, but what, what, where does this come from? This dismissiveness of other people. Now, now I do want to say this. If that's your viewpoint of the world and the way you treat people, that's good and, and, and whatnot. That's fine. You can have that. Uh, and, and who am I to speak into it? But, but when it comes to people that say they're followers of Jesus, that's when there is a little bit of something I, I can say about this. See, when Jesus comes along, it's this interesting idea that he starts to present to the world. And this is, this is revolutionary. This is brand new idea. One of the ideas that Jesus comes along and says that if you live a self-centered life, basically if you make life about yourself, that, that actually you end up not just hurting others, but you end up hurting yourself. That when you, you make your choices all about you, the, the exact language is, is that you actually lose yourself. It's this idea that, that if you, you want to make it all about you, that's fine, but just realize that there's a cost that comes with that. And we've seen that, haven't we? People that tend to make it all about themselves, eventually it is only about themselves because they've isolated themselves from everyone around them. Jesus is kind of famous for, for taking things and turning them up, upside down. And, and a lot of times what he'll do, and just a little preview of what's going to happen today, um, you're not going to see a lot of verses come up like you normally would. And the reason you're not going to see a lot of verses is because I hope you disagree with me so hard that you're tempted to actually get your Bible out and look these things up and try to prove me wrong. 
I'm not, I promise, okay? But, but I hope that you get so mad at some of the stuff I say today because this is where we are culturally. And, and the reason we're even talking about some of this is we, we have some ways lost our way. Jesus is famous for taking things and turning them upside down. In fact, one of the things that we'll see over and over again, look it up if you don't believe me, is he'll say this over and over again. He'll say things like, you have heard it said, which means culturally, in the world, and sometimes even in religious institutions, you have heard it said, but I say. And so it's just like I did. He's like, wait, so it's going to be different than what you've heard before. It's going to be something different. There's this one scene that we talk about that takes place in Scripture. It's one of my fa- most fascinating kind of chapters to me, kind of because of the attitude and because I see myself in this chapter. In Matthew chapter 20, and again, you're going to have to read it on your own, Matthew chapter 20, it should be, if you own a Bible, the first book of the New Testament. Um, and, and so Jesus is talking to his disciples. And essentially what he's done is he's teaching them how hard it's going to be to actually follow Jesus. So let me go ahead and say, everything we're going to say from this point forward, I realize how difficult it is. Okay? Me too. I get it. So he's going to teach them how difficult it is to follow him and that it's actually going to cost you something you're going to have to sacrifice of yourself in order to follow Jesus, which is the words that none of us like to hear. All right, and so he does all this stuff. And, and so he tells them about all that they're going to have to sacrifice for other people. And then James and John, there's this moment, and I love it because they bring their mom along um, because they're too scared to do this by themselves, so they bring their mom. And it's totally a mom thing. I can see some of you moms doing this. No offense, but I just, moms love kids. And so um, they get to Jesus. He just said all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, Jesus, we're sorry about all that suffering and that cross thing. That sounds really terrible. Um, We're sorry about all of that. But when you get seated in your position, which means when your kingdom's established and you're the top dog, would it be possible if we sat at your right and your left? completely missing everything that he just said about sacrificing of yourself for other people. Their response to this is, okay, we get all of that. We, we get that. Okay. And so Jesus looks at them, and this is fascinating. You have to read this for yourself. He looks at them. He says this. Okay. You know how the world works, right? Now, I want, I want to say it, and the reason I want to put the verse up there is because I think that's the question we need to ask ourselves in this room or watching online we know how the world works, right? If you don't, just get on the news, get on Twitter. We, we know how the world works. We know how people treat each other. We know how people act towards each other. We know how people dismiss other people. We know how people belittle people. We, we, we understand this. We understand how the powerful in this world a lot of times get to the place of power and prominence in this world. The rich get richer. The powerful get more power. You know, I mean, we, we understand this. We understand how people will use and abuse people to get things. We understand that. In fact, some of you, okay, let's just be honest, that's some of our story. You know how the world works, right? And and then Jesus says this, and, and maybe for some of you, this is what you need to hear, and you just need to focus on these words. If you don't hear anything else today, and if you're a Christian, or maybe some of you, you've been hurt by the church, and your faith has been destroyed because people used and abused you, Here's what he says when he's talking to, and again, I can't speak for a lot of people, but I can speak for someone trying to follow Jesus. Here's what he says to Jesus' followers, which I'm assuming is a lot of us in this room. You know how the world works, right? And he says this, but not so with you. 
Like, you know how everybody else does everything, right? I mean, it's easy. You know how everybody treats other people. You know how other people abuse people, how they put people down, how they'll do whatever it takes to get ahead in life. It doesn't matter who I hurt. As long as I get mine, as long as I get to eat, I don't care. But not so with you. And then he does the darndest thing. See, one of the things that I'm appreciating more and learning more about people is this, and this is true, and this is maybe worth the price of admission, okay? If you want to know what a person's like, okay, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. It's true. Words are powerful, and we should protect our words, and we should be careful what we say, because once words get out there, they can't come back, and they can hurt people. You can hurt people. You can lift people up with your words. Words matter. Don't, get, don't misunderstand that. But when it comes to the individual, it doesn't matter what a person says. What matters is what they actually do. And so Jesus, he says, well, not so with you. See, you got to understand that this kingdom that I'm building is completely different than the way everything else has been done before. And so there's this, this famous line. It comes in his verse 28. It says this, just as the son of man, so Jesus speaking of himself, did not come to be served. He could have came to be served. I mean, our understanding, in case you don't know, is that he's actually God in a body. If anybody deserved to be served here on this planet, it would be him but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And not only does he say this, but then he does it. In fact, the reason most of you are in this room is because he wasn't a man that just said things. He's a man that did things. And he does this. And he gives of himself fully. And that's why we're in here and you're even listening to somebody talk about Jesus. And that's why you even sing the song. Because if he just said all this stuff and he didn't do any of it, who cares? See, I think one of the things that we have to understand when it comes to following Jesus is when we first come to follow Jesus, for most of us, the, 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 the kind of grab is, what do you get out of it, right? And what we get out of it is, well, we, we get salvation, we get saved, we get loved. We don't have to go to hell because that doesn't sound like a good place, does it, right? You know, I mean, that's what we get. But what Jesus keeps shifting the message to is so much more than what you get, it's what you can give. Now, here's what I want to say, and this is the part where I'll just make everybody really uncomfortable because it's, you know, equal opportunity offender here. So um, I made a post on Facebook this week, and I, Facebook is so dumb, and, uh, but what I've learned is sometimes if you want people to hear things, you need to make posts. So I limit myself to like two posts a year. Um, some of you made two posts already in church. Stop, all right? So... <laughs> Um, I make like maybe two posts a year. It's got, it's got to be something. If I make a post, just understand like somebody sent me over the edge and, and collectively I, I'm there right now. And so here, here's why. Because we live in a confusing time. And I get when we live in a confusing time with a whole lot going on. And what happens is when we feel like things are out of control, we kind of hunker down, don't we? And we try to grab on to something secure. And for a lot of us, the most secure thing we can grab onto is our own thoughts, emotions, and feelings, okay? And so we grab onto these things, and we bring them close, and we hold on to them. Um, and what happens in those situations sometimes is when we grab onto these things and we hold them close, um, if we feel somebody is going against our inner thoughts, emotions, and desires, our natural response is to attack, right? 
because this is like my security right now. This is my safety, and, and I get it, okay? Um, but let's be honest. There's a lot of people being just really nasty with each other right now and just saying a lot of things and commenting on a lot of things and doing a lot of things. And, and I usually don't voice my opinion on most of these things because who cares, and who cares what I even have to say? I'm, I'm even surprised some of you are still listening. So, um, but when it comes to this idea of faith, this is the part where for a line has been crossed to some degree. Um, because I think what a lot of people are saying right now for, from a faith perspective is confusing to a lot of people. And, and here's why. Um, there's this phrase out there, and, and, and it, it's not a bad phrase. It's the phrase faith over fear. You, you guys heard this? Okay. Some of you have used it. Okay. It sounds great. It makes a great coffee mug, I'm sure. Um, and before I get started, this is not about my thoughts on masks or vaccines. I will not address those from the stage. If you want my opinion, I will gladly give it to you because I have an opinion on everything. I'll go ahead and tell you that right now. Um, but I, I don't, I don't want to talk about that stuff. What I do want to talk about is the attitude that some people have right now that come from a faith background that is in sharp contrast to what we actually see from Jesus. And so I'm all about, as I said, faith over fear, okay? Um, but sometimes when I see that faith idea being abused and confusing people that we're called to serve and love and be light to, um, and, and the things we're going to look at right now, let me go and say that these are not fringe ideas. These are central. Because my understanding when it comes to the word faith, if we're going to use it in context, the word faith literally is defined as confidence in God. And Jesus comes along and says, if you want to know what God is like, well, you just look at me because I am God. Okay, And then if we believe the Bible is a collection of writings we've been given that God speaks to us through, then altogether these things are things we should pay attention to. And again, you need to look these things up. They're littered all throughout the New Testament writings of what Jesus himself says, but also Paul and Peter say about their understanding of Jesus in this world. Okay, So again, this has nothing to do with masks or vaccines or anything like that. You believe whatever you want. This is the attitude that's being presented to the world, and not just in this case, in a whole lot of things. So here's what it says. If we're talking about faith and speaking on behalf of faith, here's the first one. In humility, consider others better than yourself. Some of you want to quit after that one. It gets rougher, I promise. But we don't live in a culture where we think like this, right? I don't think of people, especially people I don't agree with, as better than me. Especially people that don't have, and I'm guilty of this, the education that I have or the social economic position that I have. In humility, consider others better than yourself. Now, again, I understand if Jesus just said these things, you can dismiss them. But when he lives a life, so in humility, consider others better than yourself. So if we're talking about faith, I, I get it. But my faith, I understand it tells me that I have to consider people other better than myself, even though it's hard. Okay, so there's another one. Look not only to your own interest, but also the interest of others. Which means that we can't just be thinking about our agenda and what benefits me. We have to be thinking about what is helpful to other people and what can actually bring other people along. That's tough. How about this one? That outworks, that works to outdo each other in showing honor to others. I think this one's fascinating because a lot of the things that I'm seeing said, and, and it doesn't bring honor to anybody. It doesn't bring honor to the person that said it. 
And it definitely doesn't bring honor to the person it's being said to. And it's like this idea that we should outdo each other in trying to show honor to other people, even if they don't have the same yard sign we have, and even if they don't agree with us on every position. And he goes on to say this again. Now, I can't speak there, but this is only Jesus followers. Okay. That, that considers how we can urge each other on to do good deeds. One of the things I think that I, I find is, is that a lot of times when we say things or we post things, what we're wanting is people to agree with us. And so it's this nasty thing or this ugly thing. People agree with us and it makes us feel good. Okay. But what if we surround ourselves with people that are actually urging us on to actually do good things? Like things that actually make the world a better place. How about this one? I, I love this one. That does not grow weary of doing good. Because I'll be honest with you, it's hard sometimes, isn't it? And like the call of Jesus is that we don't get tired of it, that, that we keep. And it's hard sometimes. I get it. That's the importance of surrounding ourselves with people that will encourage us and help us. Because sometimes it's hard to do the right thing. Sometimes it's hard to do good. How about this? That seeks not only good for himself, but also for Others. I mean, this hits right at the heart of the selfishness that we have, that I need my voice heard. There's this one that speaks evil of no one. Now, I wanted to help you guys out. And so I, I got out my Greek lexicon this week, and I was like, yeah, no one, that seems a little far, all right? Because there's some people, right, we should be able to speak evil about, right? Okay. Well, I looked it up, and unfortunately for you guys, when Paul writes this, he actually means no one, that we don't speak evil of people, right? I mean, how hard is that? You ever been spoke evil about? doesn't feel good, does it? Why would we do it to other people? Avoids quarreling. I like that word. It just sounds fun. Quarreling. Uh, that is gentle and shows courtesy towards all people. You know what I've learned in communication? Um, if I yell at someone or they yell at me, the conversation's pretty much over at that point. I mean, it doesn't work, right? You ever been yelled at? Do you ever be like, you know what? You're right. I changed my entire viewpoint because you raised your voice at me, right? Does that work? And so we think that if we just are evil to people and nasty and say harmful things, you ever been cussed at, Right? Good people, man, people in Bullock County ought to give good cussing. I'll tell you that much, right? <laughs> does, it, does it change anything? You ever talked about somebody behind their back? Does that help? How about this one? That is willing to answer the ultimate call, deny yourself and take up the cross. The cross is a horrible, awful thing. And like the thing is like, it is not easy to deny myself. I get it, right? It's hard. But again, this is the call of Jesus. How about this? That is willing to love your neighbor, even if they disagree with you, even if on their different side of a political agenda than you, or a social issue. How about this? That is willing to seek the kingdom first. Now, this one is fascinating to me for, for several reasons. I think sometimes we forget what the Bible says when it means the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is really big, just so you know. Now, let's just stay for context and to help you a little bit. Let's say the kingdom of God only exists now. So we're talking 2021. If we were to say the kingdom of God, which means all the people that put their trust and their faith in God and what he's doing here in this world, 
So here's what's fascinating. Did you know that Americans make up less than 4% of the kingdom of God? That means 96% of the kingdom of God isn't from here, doesn't look like us, doesn't talk like us, doesn't think like us, and some of the issues that we're facing aren't even on their radar. And so just remember that we have to seek the kingdom first. And then there's this one. It's not going to be on the screen, but I just put it in here for good measure. And it's the most unpractical thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. Jesus actually says that we should love our enemies and do good for them. Well, that just sounds stupid, doesn't it? I mean, really, let's be honest. Now, again, I, I can't speak for most people. I can only speak for followers of Jesus. There's this great verse in Galatians. It's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. And, and Paul's talking about a lot of stuff that doesn't matter as much to us culturally. But he ends his idea by saying this. It's in Galatians 5, 6. The only thing that counts, the only thing? Listen, Paul knows there's a lot of things way more things than you and I even. He's forgotten more things at this point than you and I will ever know. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So if we're talking about faith over fear, I agree. But then also the only thing that counts in faith, according to Paul, who knew more things than most of us in this room will ever know, is faith expressing itself through love. So if you were to ask Paul real quickly, what he means by faith expressing itself through love, the idea would be these one another statements. So this is the idea of we're doing things for other people. So here, here's a list, okay? Um, how about this one? Submit to one another. We hate that word, don't we? That's a bad one. All right, forgive one another, encourage one another, restore one another, accept one another, care for one another, bear with one another, carry one another's burdens. Imagine how differently this would look if we did that. Now, I do want to get selfish for just a second. And I know I just talked bad about people being selfish, but I told my staff I would. So one of the things that I've learned over the years is one of the best ways to combat the cultural viewpoint of life, to combat the selfishness of life, to combat this idea that it's all about me and it's all for me. One of the best ways that I've learned for myself, and I've seen other people experience this, to be able to do that, to combat that, is to actually learn to serve other people, okay? Serving is one of the best ways to show all of these other things that we're insecure about, who's really in charge, that we have the time, we have the resources, we're going to give of ourselves in these ways. Serving is one of the best ways to connect to people. It's one of the best ways to connect to what God is doing in this world. Okay, and, and here's the thing. Here at Journey, and I know a lot of you are new, and some of you are like, well, of course the guy that gets paid is going to tell everybody he wants him to volunteer. I get it, okay? I, I do. I get paid to work here, okay? But, but so this is what I'm going to say before I say what I'm going to ask. That is why I am very intentional about making sure that I am serving in other places outside of here. Because I would never ask you to do something I'm not willing to do. And there are organizations in this town, and I can give you the names of them if you want, that if they call me on the phone, they know I'm going to say yes. Because I'm going to be the person that leads the idea of we serve, we give of ourselves, even when it's hard sometimes, even when we don't have time to do it, it feels like. We serve. We, we, we don't make it about ourselves. We give of ourselves. 
So here's the thing. In order to make Journey work every week, it takes hundreds of volunteers. Listen, you guys love having kids, and good for you, but there's a lot of kids back there, and we need people to help the kids. COVID has messed everything up. We've never even thought about doing online church. Now we have over 200 people every week watching us online, all right? Okay, we need people to run that stuff. We need people to help with youth. We need people to make sure that first-time guests, the most intimidating thing in the world could be walking into a building for the first time and not knowing anybody there. Some of you are experiencing it today, probably. It sucks. It does. And you want to make sure that people have a good experience, that they feel welcome, they feel loved, because not everybody knows somebody here. It's hard, okay? We have to make sure this building is upkept. This is an old furniture warehouse. It was never meant to be a church at all, but that's what we've turned it into. And so there's all kinds of areas for you to serve. Now, here's why we need you. We need you because the body can't be the body unless the body participates, okay? And so we need you. Now, I get it. Some of you are like, I don't want to serve at church. That's fine. Go somewhere else to serve. There's lots of places. There's nonprofits. There's organizations looking for people to volunteer. Just make sure you're doing something to give of yourself. I'll go and tell you to kind of bring this to a head, okay? Here's the thing. Listen, I have regretted a lot of things that I've done. I just have. And I've regretted a lot of the selfish choices that I've made. I've regretted a lot of selfish purchases that I've made, buying things that I didn't really need. I have regretted a lot of time that I've wasted doing pointless things. I have gotten so many arguments where I just walk away feeling icky. You ever had those arguments? I was right. Okay, don't get me wrong, but, <laughs> but I felt icky when I walked away, right? I have said hurtful things about people, sometimes to their face, sometimes behind their back. Listen, here's why I'm saying this. I have done a lot of things that were selfish and self-centered that I regret, Do you know what I've never regretted once is giving of myself to invest in someone else, giving my time and resources to serve other people. I've never regretted it once to help somebody better themselves. Imagine a world where people were skeptical of what we believe, but envied how we treated each other. Imagine a world where unbelievers were anxious. This is almost unbelievable. We're anxious to hire, work for, work with, live next door to Christians because of how well we one anothered one another. And it didn't matter what season was going on. It didn't matter who was running for office. It didn't matter whether there was a pandemic going on or not. It's because of how well we treated each other. Once, there was a culture like that in the church. In the first, second, and third century, a culture that stood in sharp contrast to the rest of the world. And slowly but surely, the culture found what the church had to offer, a group of people one anothering one another, submitting to each other, loving one another, humbly putting other needs before their own. They found it irresistible, and it changed the world in the first, second, and third century. And what was true then can still be true today. Here's what I want to say. You may not agree with me, and maybe you have no interest in this, but here's what I would say as a Christ follower. We should be the best neighbors, employers, employees, friends, partners, citizens, and coaches in the community. Because we want another one another. Because we realize what Jesus has done for us and what he's given us. What if we just did that? What if we just focused on that? That we're just going to want each other better. 
And if it comes to faith and this idea of faith, here, here's what we need to know and just remind ourselves constantly as to what Paul said. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Let's pray.